four teaching friends from across the country. Who've discovered that if you don't laugh, you cry and lose sight of your why. I'm Retta. I'm Deanne. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kathy. And we teach so hard. You know what's hard? Using technology as a tool for differentiation. Mm. That was a big one. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth episode of our, I guess it's the last one, it of is. our four-part series, that would make sense, right, on, on technology in the classroom. Each episode is focused on one aspect of using technology with students. Today we're talking about using technology as a tool for differentiation. So what is differentiation? Well, differentiation means teaching the same material to all students using a variety of instructional strategies, or it may require the teacher to deliver lessons at varying levels of difficulty based on the ability of each student. So in other words, you just try to make the learning match with the way the student learns. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the ways that you use differentiation and some of the reasons you use differentiation in the classroom. You know, any person who's been in the classroom long enough knows that differentiation is like their middle name, right? It's, it's, it's the crux of what we do day in and day out or, and if it's not, it's, it should be. And we're on that, that continuum anyway, but you know how we design lessons that are based on the students, various learning styles, you know, raise your hand. If you group students by their shared interest, a shared topic or their ability for assignments, We do that guided reading strategy groups, you know, and writers workshop, they all need quotation mark help and there they are on the carpet with you. Um, You know, we assess students learning using formative assessment. Everything we do in the classroom is formative assessment. That's how we make the decision for what comes next. Um, Differentiation helps us manage the classroom to create a safe and supportive environment and helps us continue to assess day in and day out so that our lessons and, and are more powerful and our students are more powerful, more powerfully learning. Um, it's, it's a big one. It is. And I think it's it one is. of the hardest things for new teachers to learn because especially mm-hmm. if we're given those, um, given those programs by our school districts that say, here's the teacher's guide and it's scripted for you and read the script, but it doesn't necessarily a lot for the individual students. Right. So I kind of always laugh because I think any experienced teacher really does differentiate because we know all of our kids are not the same. So whenever I used to go to like student, um, we call them in my district SSPT meetings, but basically Mm -hmm. students who are not identified as special ed, but are struggling. And Mm -hmm. when we go to the meetings, they'll say, well, what have you done for the student. Have you tried X, Y, Z? And of course I've already tried X, Y, Z and A, B, C, D and you know, all of that. So we are always differentiating to try to meet the needs of our kids. You know, and those lessons that you talked about, Kathy, and and this is not an offense to anyone, um, but you remember those black and yellow covered books, um, like Computing for Dummies, Vivaldi, Chopin for Dummies, Differentiation for Dummies, you know, just, um, 
those scripted lessons, I, I, sometimes I call them teaching for dummies and it's not because teachers are dumb, but, but it, it is the dumb. It's one of my pet peeves. It's our profession has had a lot of dumbing down because they don't trust us as professionals. Sometimes I think, well, I I think that the scripted lessons are supposed to make sure that nothing is differentiated for the teachers. Yeah. And yet you're expected to take that scripted lesson and then go on to differentiate what you do with it. Right. Exactly. It's true. Well, something else about, you know, being differentiated is you really have to be flexible with your time um, and call upon different types of strategies because everybody learns in a different way and you need to become partners with the students so that both, um, what's learned and the learning environment are shaped to support the learner and the learning. Mm-hmm. Such an important thing. <laughs> Is that Gracie? It's Gracie. Yes. <laughs> we missed her. Yeah, that's right. She's squeaking her big donut. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have a big donut, you should squeak it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, another thing with that, too, is you can't force fit learners into a standard mold. No. Mold, rather. <laughs> mold. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, learn from your students you know, see what's what what's better for them, and and they'll they'll let you know. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh, this they will. And <laughs> if they don't let you know, <laughs> sometimes behaviorally they let you know. Yes, that's <laughs> very true. It's a big one. It is. So let's talk about what are some specific strategies so, that you've used. Oh, go ahead, Retta. <laughs> yeah, we forgot Retta. Yeah, you forgot me. Um, I have a lot to say here. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to cut this down. Yeah. Um, you know, what else is new, right? <laughs> Teachers in differentiated classrooms, and that's everybody's classroom. We hope begin with a clear and solid sense of what constitutes a powerful curriculum and what makes the instruction engaging. And again, you've got to take that curriculum, which I'm sure is powerful. And make it meaningful to your students and your instruction isn't engaging unless it's geared to the students before you. Mm-hmm. Right there. Right. Um, so teachers who are differentiating their classrooms embrace and plan for the fact that learners bring to school many commonalities and they also bring many differences that make them who they are as people. Mm-hmm. So you've got to use common sense, yeah. when, you know, when you're doing no, this too. No, what you said reminds me of something. It's like when we talk about curriculum, we it's important to remember the curriculum is there, but we don't teach the curriculum, we teach students. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And and your management has to allow for things to go wrong. It's like, if you think you have trouble with technology, you know, look at the students right. in, in front of you. Um Things go go wrong. They're, they can be sailing through the lesson, and then all of a sudden, there's something they don't get. And different kids are going to react differently to you know when that obstacle appears. Mm-hmm. And and you've got to always you're kind of like a magician besides an artist. You've always got to have something else to pull out of your hat. Yes, yeah. To take that to take each child where he or she needs to go. So now let's talk about some of those. <laughs> 
fascinating learning with technology. Whether you have one, two, three, or or you're a classroom that has one to one computers access for your kids, what are some of the technologies that you've used for differentiation? Oh, well, well, when you level your groups, um, you can give your, if you're using a computer, you know, technology, <laughs> you can give your low, middle, high, or middle group teaching websites like Moby Max, Khan Academy, or Starfall. And these types of websites give the group you are not with an additional teacher. Like I would work with my lowest group myself and let my middle group use a teaching website while higher groups work together, can work together independently. So it really depends upon your class. Right. It is like having an additional teacher. It is. It really is. If it's the right site. Yes. 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 <laughs> right. Don't make it a babysitter. That's right. And, you know, if you have only one computer, be sure that computer is placed strategically away from your teaching group. And this will allow students to watch videos or do assignments without headphones. But that might get a little noisy. So I think you might really need headphones. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. One of the things that I, I've used, because um, we're a Google district, is um, to be able to use a, a Google Classroom site because you can assign things to certain students, different assignments. You can you can differentiate right in your Google, your Google Classroom site. Yes. So it's pretty cool. I just learned that yeah. last year you and it also- changed everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you can also assign in Google Classroom, assign assignments to groups of kids to work on collaboratively, collaboratively together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Ah, The power of Google Classroom is, uh, you know, I've even used it when I've had, um, when I've been out and there's been a sub, I'll record a video lesson of myself or my, or my, I was just going to say that to my kids (laughs) and um, they're able to watch and listen and go from there. So it's, it's, the next best thing to having me there is is me talking in a video to them and they all can access it and I can differentiate according to who needs to see what and hear what. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What, mm. And you could also... Sorry, I was going to say, what, what, have you, what have you said? Like, what kinds of things do you say to them on these videos? Um, so one video I did, I couldn't, um, I couldn't step away from the math curriculum and anyone who knows about teaching math knows that sometimes it's really daunting to leave that for a substitute teacher, especially because, you know, you can't miss a day Mm -hmm. of teaching and it's like, Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So I actually had my little whiteboard and I recorded a video of myself teaching how to break down the mathematical function that we were doing that day. Um, I can't even remember. I think it had something to do with volume. And I, I made a little video teaching the lesson and um, they could watch it and then try it on their own. And that way I knew at least they were getting an example that was correct. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You can also kind of clone yourself even when you are there and use some presentation websites mm-hmm. like Prezi, Powtoon, Edublogs, or Glogster and create some videos or some animated lessons that – can teach different groups of students and you can put your students in groups according to what they need. And Mm -hmm. you're still their teacher. 
But, you know, it's maybe have your avatar right. teaching. Oh, that would you be know, fun, huh? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, wow. I, Tracy, you always give me so much to think about. All of you guys do. <laughs> I Because I think mm-hmm. last last, uh, last podcast or sometime in the series, I had talked about Educreations. Mm-hmm. And Educreations uh-huh. basically is a video whiteboard. So it's your, your face is oh, not on perfect. it, but your voice and everything uh-huh. you're writing is on mm-hmm. it. So you're writing, you're writing with a stylus, like on an iPad or something. And it just mm-hmm. appears. It's like, it's like Khan yeah. Academy. Yes. Only it's you. So, so it's, it's your better. voice. It's your language that they're used to. Um, and so for example, this week we started multi-digit multiplication and we're learning a bunch of different strategies. And then I send the video link home. So parents can uh-huh. watch it so they can understand how I'm explaining it. And I've had mm-hmm. so many messages saying that was so helpful. We watched it multiple times. And so you're a star, well, except that it's not my face. <laughs> so it's just, you know what I mean? It's which I, no. which I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I would too. But you so, know, go ahead, Trace. No. Well, what I was just thinking about, you know, everything that we've talked about, I mean, outside of some of the, the things that are used more for like cut and dried practice, but when you listen to all of us talk about different projects and things that we've used with technology, that there's one thing that they all have in common with our use of that technology and that they are open-ended. They yes. are open-ended yes. projects and assignments that are meant for kids to demonstrate their thinking and to respond to. And as soon as you take the, even if you take the technology out of it, if you teach that way and that's how you ask kids to demonstrate their learning, it will always be differentiation because it's open-ended. Right. Mm. Right. So whether it's technology or not, it's still differentiated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think back in the day, you know, and I remember my, uh, my um, Madeline Hunter, my John Dewey, you know, whatever, it, the, the constructivist approach, right? Um, constructivism, it, right. it really is. So you, why wouldn't you continue that with technology? It's still open-ended and it's still a powerful way of teaching. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, another way to to differentiate too is by using, you know, on the computer, obviously they have so many different types of games, whether it be websites or apps, but it's a great way for them to review what they already know how to do. So it's not a new thing. It's just a review Mm -hmm. while you work with other kids. Like I tend to use it sometimes as um, when I do like math workshop or when I even do readers workshop, I give them things to do, small groups online while I'm working directly with kids and then we switch out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. again, it's kind of giving them the, mm-hmm. the different uh, styles of learning, addressing their different styles of learning and in-person teaching, online teaching, <laughs> you know, mix it up a right. little bit. Absolutely. And I, I bet, I bet that keeps them more engaged and, you know, you don't have as many issues in the classroom because they're really doing something. Yes. They have fun. Yes. Yeah, and the kids, yeah. And they're doing something at their level. Yes, exactly. Because I don't yeah, want them having true. to call me when I'm with a group of kids saying, what is this? Help me. I don't know how mm-hmm. to do exactly. this. Right. It should be something mm-hmm. they are able to do. I know. You know, yes, I have a couple exactly. of learners this year who, um, you know, have, have some learning challenges and have IEPs. And, um, 
they, I cannot get them. I cannot, I put, I have a library that my most teachers foam at the mouth and I cannot get these kids to read independently. I just can't. I tried everything that's standing on my head, you know, and holding their hand the entire time, which I can't do. Well, then something clicked. Um, in my district, we have something, you know, we have access to reading A to Z. Uh-huh. And as a teacher, you can get into the level text and then there's you printable copies and then there's a projectable copy of the book. So I have brought up their levels on a Chromebook for them and I've taught them how to choose a book and how to push projectable and they are reading online and they're, they're oh. decent books and nonfiction, but doggone it because there's a computer involved, they'll read. Oh, because they think it's more and fun. I just, and I have just had yeah. to let go of the fact that, you know what, not every kid is going to be thrilled at the prospect of a pile of books. We, we read, I mean, think about yourself as a, as a teacher, how much reading you do online, how much reading you do that isn't a book. And there are readers who that is what they do. And so they're reading. That's, that's all I care about at this point. And, right. and I, I do most of yeah. my reading on a yeah. Kindle. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. I've had kids with Kindles the last few years who hated to read and then their parents got them a Kindle and mm-hmm. they, it's something about it. They could not put it down. They brought it to school every day. They That's were reading amazing. it during recess. They So I think there is something, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally love holding a book and holding the pages, but, me too. Um, but I do have my Kindle loaded at all times. As I do my phone, I have my um, <laughs> audio books at all times. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I I have it loaded on my phone and, and my iPad too. Um, but I found, and I'm wondering if this is true for kids. I found that I have gone back to wanting to hold books, mm-hmm. and I've been buying books and using the library for books. I like a hardcover yes. book in my well, hand. Certain books, like I've even like done the ones where the audiobooks, and I've listened, which is another great technology to I use. Love with kids. audiobooks. Yeah. Yes. But yes. It's, I think that listening yeah. is a lost skill. And so I wouldn't want kids to have nothing but audiobooks, but but to have that that it does help develop those listening skills. Um, but I've even found like I've tried audiobooks and you know on long car trips and stuff and I've loved them. But then there are books that I listen to and I'm so upset because I want to go back and I don't have, you know, I want to reference something and I, I don't have the book. Yes, I've actually learned right. that I cannot do my teacher books, like my professional books, as yeah. digital books because it's too hard no, for I me. Either. I, I want the post-its. I want the physical post-its to flip through and highlight and Yeah. And and I think our kids will find that out too with certain books. It's just like right now they're so entranced with having the Kindle and you know, being able you, you mean I could really right. this will substitute <laughs> right, yes. for reading? You know, that's, a, that's an exciting thing right now. But I, I can see them switching back like that and saying with a certain type of book, you know, I like mm-hmm. to have the book and, you know, with another kind, I'd like to read it on the Kindle and another kind I'd like to listen to. Also, I found out my Audible books sometimes put mm-hmm. me to sleep. In fact, 
I use the memoirs as a way to go to sleep mm-hmm. if I'm having a restless night because they put me right to sleep. It doesn't matter whose memoir it is <laughs> and how exciting their life was. I'm out. Huh? So I found out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found out if I fall asleep and I wake up like four or five chapters <laughs> later, you in Audible anyway, I don't know if this is true with other audiobooks, but I get all mine from Audible and they list the chapters and you can go back, mm-hmm. you know, and start again. So that's been very helpful. So far in the memoirs, I haven't found one that I wanted to do. Yeah. That. It's nice <laughs> well, to know. You could. About that. I've had that experience of, I, I'm like, I get frustrated with some of the audible auto well, gosh I can't talk the audible books because they're not moving fast enough for oh, me oh you listen to it like, at one and a half speed it makes me crazy yeah. and because I can read faster and I ah. <laughs> oh my god no, you, can speed oh, it up. you can speed it up you can make it sound like many else is reading the book to too you. long <laughs> you know and I can do this myself you know I've had that frustration mm-hmm. but you know but it's a technology that can reach you know, kids. Oh, yeah. It is. But, you know, I think we're all saying the same thing, that different ways of using technology and different ways of reading work work for the, for the okay, same now, kids. That's a even. fantastic reader's yeah. workshop lesson right yes. there. Don't yep. you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, I uh, found out. I was going to say, I found out something really interesting about myself is that I'm, I'm really more of a visual learner because I, I think one of the books that we were reading in the series, I started listening to it and I just couldn't remember practically anything. So I really oh, have to, I have to see the words on a page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's talk, good talk to share about with differentiation, your kids. And, and you know what else? Yes, remember yes. that book um, that, that we covered, um, yes. Autism yes. in Heels? Yes. Well, I went to hear her speak, and I thought her book was beautifully written, and I was just drawn right in. I found I was getting dizzy and getting a headache watching her speak because she moved. The author moved from one side of the stage to the other. And I mean, when she said she was oh, autistic, she was yeah. she, you know, she'd come up with these things that were interesting only to her. And we didn't know what, wow. what she was talking about. Um, and, you know... And and I'm she's a, good a wonderful editor. writer, a and, good she, editor. and she told of her experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pa- pa- probably. Um, I mean, she was a delightful, beautiful person with with uh, certainly with a tremendous spirit and lots of energy. But I'm telling you, I was seasick <laughs> watching her. So, and she did it all in heels. So, what we're saying here, listeners, mm-hmm. is differentiation with a capital D. You're hearing how many of us, there's four of us here in this conversation, and we all have different needs <laughs> when we read. So think about all the different ways to use technology. Right. Ladies, we are almost, we're almost out of time. So uh, let's uh, transition. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about this all night. What is your number one tip for using technology for differentiation? What do you want to say? <laughs> Better start us off. I think the technology should be all about what it is you're trying to convey to the student, what you want the student to learn, not about the mm-hmm. technology itself. Like, it's not like, oh, I want this group to use iPads. No, it's come up first with what you want mm-hmm. them to learn 
and then decide if an iPad or a Chromebook or audio would, you know, right. would like be the backwards planning be more that we always do anyway. Yeah. Well, I, mine yeah, is similar exactly. to allowing for different learning styles and the technology, again, shouldn't be like a burden or shouldn't be forced on them, but it should be something that helps their learning styles. Um, I've often found too that I can give an assignment, the same assignment or prompt or whatever for all my students, but their responses are actually what are differentiated. Right? So like you, uh-huh. you can... And, and mm-hmm. a lot of them has ah. to be more open-ended. There's not one right answer type of type of uh, prompts or assignments. But depending on the technology and depending on how the, the students respond is where I see the differentiation. It doesn't have to be me planning like a three-ring circus. Right. 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 Well, and I think for me, the number one tip that um, I would give is to be open, Um, especially if you've been someone who's been teaching for a while. You know, I'll go back to what I said about those readers in my classroom, right? Um, I was so, you know, so uh, had such a closed mindset about how I wanted them to read and what I wanted them to read and what I hoped they would reach for. But our kids don't have the same school experiences that we had growing up. Some of us who've been teaching a long while, they learn differently. Their brains are different. I mean, research shows that. So we have to be open Mm -hmm. to, okay, maybe Reader's Workshop is going to look differently for this kid. And they're going to use digital resources because that's what clicks with them. Um, And if I hadn't had that openness, I would have missed that. And I'd still be struggling to keep the book in their hand and their eyes on the page. (laughs) So that's my tip. Be open. (laughs) I, I guess mine is to be open to sharing of ideas and things, but also realize that each kid does learn a different way. And differentiation means to just let them learn the way that's best for them. And it takes Mm -hmm. in all the learning styles. That's it. (laughs) Well, listeners, this is all we have time for today. We hope you've enjoyed our final episode in our technology series. Be sure to check out our blogs and the show notes if you haven't already. And if you like what you hear, give us a shout out, leave a comment, give us some stars on your listening platform or in our show notes, check out our Facebook page. We share a lot of cool stuff on that page. Um, and we hope you would join our community. Be sure to join us next week because it's a special week. Once a month, we discuss a book theme and we pick literature around a theme for you to use with your kids so that you don't have to work as hard as you already are. Our next book theme talk is on honesty. We'll be talking about books with the theme of honesty. We'll see you there because you teach so hard. Oh.